Cootsies. Should we start with a song? Yeah, do you know this one? Cause friends are friends forever. Forever. If the Lord's the Lord of them. Of them. And a friend will not say never. Never. Cause a welcome will not end. No Though it's hard to let you go. In the Father's hands we know. That a lifetime's not too long to live as friends. Yeah, Steve, what'd you think about that, dude? Was that pretty good for a first timer? Gross. Dang it. Dude, that's a <laughs> that's throwback to Amy Grant's Christian days right there. <laughs> that was pretty good. Amy Grant, dude, what a babe. What a babe, dude. I don't know what she looks like. Yeah. So Amy Grant, she sings. Uh, uh, what else does she sing? Um, Pave paradise and put uh, up a parking lot. I mean, she covered it. Yeah, the cover. Who who originally did that? Was it? Uh, that sounds like a Tracy Chapman jam or something. No. Will you look that up, Steve? Yeah. Can try you try to figure that out. I'm does more that mad work? at myself that I don't know right off the mic. Steve, do, do you have access to just like checking stuff out over there? Like, yeah. you have, is it like quick access though? Like where you can kind of just like Joni Mitchell. And, Whoa, right, it was, I thought, yeah, it was Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Nice. Way to go, to, Joan. I have to look that one up. Remember when we used to play a... Uh, <laughs> a little bit of neck bass? The deep bass. <laughs> we, me and Julian... <laughs> me and uh, Jules, we have a video of this, Steve. We squared off in a Holiday Inn for like an hour and a half yeah, just so doing like, uh, neck bass th- volleys. Oh, but I wasn't there. I know, you weren't, yeah, dude. Well, you'd crush it, dude. You'd crush it. You're a bass, bass player. player. We, 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 don't, we don't stand a chance against your neck bass ability. Although well, you don't, don't have a neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you zoom in on yourself really quick? That's the one your, thing that show we... Your, show us your drumming <laughs> abilities, dude. Can you give us one of those? Yes, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's that was my a, that's some that's some bongo action right there, dude. You can fucking crush it on those damn things, dude. Oh, mercy, mercy, dude. Nice. What? So, talk to me, guys. What? What? Uh, I'll start with you, Stevie. Have your week been good? It's been great. I've been with you every day, every single day, Monday through Wednesday. We've been hanging out. Uh, Monday was a good. We did, we did a good. We had a good podcast with my wife, with the wife. That was cool, man. That was really fun. Um. But we're back to center now. Just us three hombres in the studio together. Dangerous recipe. Oh, dude. Do you think so? We're no, like sh- no chaperones, no supervisions. I know. <laughs> like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Sade. Sade. Me up. Throwing a smooth criminal, dude. Sade. Smooth criminal. I think. No. Was that? Yeah, that was Joni Mitchell too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Probably. it. Probably. <laughs> Sounds like it. Oh, so we're back to the uh, to the We Three Kings here. Yeah, um, I think it's a cool idea. I think it's kind of fun to be able to just um, compartmentalize our guest interviews with our personal interviews with just the three of us. I think it's nice, you know. Like we have we have fun conversations, and we can be silly, but we can also talk about interesting things that uh, are on our minds and. Who knows what'll happen? We don't really know what's going to happen right now, and we just wanted to get in here and do this, which I think is 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 fun and explorative. So that's that's where we're at. Explorative. Is, is that a word? I think it's explorative. Explorative. Yeah, I don't think there's a tative. I don't think there's a tate in there. Dude, always add a tative if you can. Tative. That, yeah. When in doubt, add a tate. <laughs> Explorism. Could you do me a favor though, Jules, and just eat that microphone? You, you kind of have a problem with you it. You don't need to eat it. You do I've too. Been, no, I've been editing don't. every single one of these yeah. videos, and the sound always sounds great. Yeah, you don't need to eat it. You, tell you guys, that? listen. Executive decision. <laughs> executive decision. <laughs> yeah. Right now, you need to get the mic you're in your face. Us, you're pulling us away from the thought, Alan. Hey, I just saw myself in the camera up there. What do you guys think about this beard I got going on right now? I think that you grow a good mustache, but the rest of it looks confusing. It's pretty. Yeah, I, it is. It's confusing to me too. <laughs> kind of got like a swashbuckler goatee, and then this like chintzy little s- I know. scattered like Jackson Pollock. It's the Ecuadorian in me. Your <laughs> like chops. Um, your facial hair looks like Andre three thousand <laughs> facial hair. Have you ever seen? Pull up a picture of Andre three thousand. He can't. He can't grow a full what are you beard. Talking about that's it a, does. That's a horrible example of somebody who can't. No, grow I swear to God. Hair. Or no, pull up a, even better. I think pull you're up thinking a, of like Oprah's not o- o- not Oprah. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg's eyebrows. 
No, I yeah, was absolutely not thinking of Wookiee. Yeah, I was don't exist. No, I'm, I'm thinking of Audrey. Even better, pull up a picture of Anthony Hamilton. Your facial hair looks exactly like Anthony Hamilton grows sparse. a full beard. It looks like sideburns. This I have like pretty uh, uh, prominent chops, but my facial hair sucks, man. It doesn't grow in it. Although this is the most facial hair out of anybody in my family. Way to go. Thank you. Do you guys have f- facial hair offs at I, No, it's just Easter? obvious that I have the most. <laughs> no, but we get weigh-ins during Thanksgiving. My brother Tony once gained 11 pounds. Right. Was this a turkey weigh-in or the turkey mm-hmm. turkey bowl? T- just turkey feast. <laughs> I think you should have gone with Turkey Bowl. It's yeah, a better sure. name. Sure. So g- explain to me what you guys do. Well, we just went into my uh, uh, for Thanksgiving dinner and weighed ourselves pre-dinner, yeah, and then weighed ourselves again after dinner. And my brother Tony gained eleven pounds. Did is, can you puke before the initial no, weigh-in? No, but he puked a ton afterwards, and then he was. Like, you know, food coma is how they say, oh, my hand, I'm in a food coma. He, like, legitimately put himself into a coma. <laughs> how how many just, days did he sleep? Yeah, dude, I don't know, four? He was out of it for good, man. It was it was weird. It was crazy. He ate too much. Too much, too much. Is there a time limit on the turkey feast? No, it's just dinner. You just have dinner. Right, but, like, if Tony could eat for nine hours versus you only eating for two. Yeah, it's just that, over the a... course of dinner. So, like, we're just having Thanksgiving dinner. So it's probably, like, around, like, two hours. At most, you, what do you get thi- sick of it, dude. You're you're over it. You sure, yeah. What do you what do you think it. is the 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 highest caloric aspect of of Thanksgiving dinner? If you were over had to pick. ten grand, dude. No, no, no. Like which item? Oh, what, what item is the most? What caloric? item on the table is it? The turkey? Is it the potatoes? Well, is it my the cousin, pumpkin pie? My, my cousin Kiki drank. <laughs> Hold on, you have a cousin named Kiki. Her name's Kirsten, but we call her Kiki. Oh, she's the only. So she's the only girl in like in a family of all a bunch of moronic boys, mm-hmm. and so she's always tried to kind of like prove herself to all of us. And that same exact year, she drank the gravy boat. Oh, what a savage! I know it was crazy, man. She drank the gravy boat, so that was probably the most um, the most caloric intake of of items on the table the gra- well let's think i mean what is gravy gravy is just isn't it just the runoff of the know. turkey what, what's grease gravy, t- steve I don't, we, we don't he's the cook uh, I, I have no idea honestly i know it's just like a, making a roux basically like a flour right but you juice. can do it without like flour. the flour yeah it's just juice it's just like very liquidy at that point oh uh, yeah it's like au jus yeah yikes does au jus <laughs> just mean <laughs> a juice <laughs> 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 Anybody? I don't know. I, I got a lot of fact checking over here. <laughs> yeah. Right, did you Steve, get a pic- Steve can't even contribute to the conversation right now. He's just looking up. I'm facts. looking up Andre 3000 beard. And Look at it. it. Did you see a picture of it? It looks like Julian's beard. He, he's got a pretty good beard, actually. Go to Andre, Andre 3000. Julian, your beard looks like the Caribbean islands. <laughs> <laughs> just scattered and all over the place. Julian, you're, you're. you're your beard reminds me of my lawn. <laughs> what is it? What is, tell people what that looks like. My dogs pee in, in our yard, and so there's these little weird yellow patches Spots of death. all throughout. Yeah. Grass death. No, it's that they dig too, like to cover their tracks. Yeah. The old back kicks. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, and we it. haven't clipped their nails, nails since COVID, so they got some gangly, they got like bear claws, both you, of them. You also need to clip your dog's nails, Steve. He jumped up on me today, this morning. Uh, I'm staying with Steve right now, and uh, and Baloo had some really sharp nails. He gave me my first kiss of my life this morning, but he jumped up on me and scratched me at the same time. So, are you going to press charges? You probably deserve yes. it. Yes, you can try. You can try your darndest. I was so pleased with the kiss, but then I was so bummed with the scratch. Well, it's okay. Love is pain. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no pain, no gain, Jules. I, dude. No free rides, isn't that isn't that the term? No free rides. That's ass grass, ass grass or gas. <laughs> no shirt, no shoes, no problem. <laughs> no shirt, no shoes, no sibilance. <laughs> no resemblance. What is your um? What is the go-to? You're on a road trip, okay? You're about two and a half hours in. You're in the middle of no, no, nowhere. In seventy-six. Wyoming. 
76 gas station pops up, bing, on the side of the road. You're like, dude, I gotta get, I gotta lose this. Whatever I got going on in my bladder, I gotta get rid of. You cruise into the side, pop a, pop a lefty. What's after you take a leak? What's the first section of the gas station food items that you go oh check God, out, dude? Well, as long as the hot Cheetos and the beef jerky are right next to each other, that. <laughs> Jerky is that, chew. If they have jerky chew, dude, I'm going in on seven oh, the boxes little, of the, them. The, the, the like yeah, you ground just put them up in your lip and act like you're just di- dipping some dangle, dude. Dipping some dangle. I used to go with that. You guys ever rock the big league chew? Oh yeah. yeah, of course. Oh, dude, I used to throw that in three bites and I'd swallow it. <laughs> oh man, I I would throw it in and it would actually cut my lip up because I had it in my lip. It's a gum. It's just sugar, and it would yeah. like mm-hmm. all the acid would just like cut my lip, and I would be. It was it was gross. It was it didn't work. Yeah, I loved. You swallowed it. I did. Yeah, I was a gum swallower. Did you guys ever go through a phase of swallowing gum? No, I was super scared of swallowing anything like pills and everything. It scared the shit out of me. Why? I don't know. My mom used to have to like break up my pills and mix them with sugar, like Mary Poppins would do for her children. Right, but like just because you would just gag. I was just scared. Yeah, I thought yeah, I was gonna like. I thought I was gonna uh, choke on on the pill. You do have an odd gag reflex. Um, I noticed, <laughs> like all the time we've spent together throughout our life. Uh, when you brush your teeth, you almost puke. Yeah, and there's something. <laughs> and th- well, there's something uh, kind of nice about it. Honestly, I kind of like it. It's weird. Like I like. Yeah, that is super weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't dis. I don't. I don't like it, but I don't. I, there's something about that routine for me in the morning when I gag while I'm brushing my teeth. It's re- really it weird, Steve. Good. I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but our boy over here enjoys making himself puke, yeah. but doesn't like to sneeze. So he gets the slim oh, yeah. S- I, I have the same thing when I brush my teeth. I don't actually puke. I just get. It's just like you're brushing your tongue. You know, you're like yeah. getting down there deep, and then you gag. And and every, without question, every time it happens. And I don't know. I kind of I, I kind of like it. Similarly to the way that your bidet makes me feel. <laughs> mm, <laughs> dude, that's so good. If there's any representatives of the company Tushy out mm. there, um, not the pornography site, but the, uh, the bidet, bidet the bidet company, mm-hmm. bless your heart. Because I installed one of those tushy machines on my guest bathroom, and I can't get enough. Uh, uh, I can't get enough. I say what? Spray, 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 spray. Yo, bud. And no wipey, dude. I don't even wipe the water off. <laughs> I just get. I just stand on up, let that cool breeze just dude, flow over my body. My only, um, my only problem is that I sit on it for so long, like at least, at least six minutes. With it going full blast. And then I get up and there's like water dripping down from Menards. Mm. The other and, day. and the toilet paper that you use like just like saturates and then like you don't know what to do with it. So it feels right. good, but then I just don't know what to do when you I'm gotta done. dab the teepee because if you don't, then it'll just turn into like a paper mache project. Do you ever have do you guys have those in kindergarten? You blew up the balloon and then you paper mache around it and then you popped the balloon and you made a fun little paper mache face. I made a volcano. Okay. Okay. Not what I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> but that works. Um, yeah, the, uh, you know, I watch Rudy in the mornings when I wake up because Taz and I switch. You know, mm-hmm. she'll, uh, she'll sleep in one morning. I get up with Rue, and then, you know, the next morning uh, it switches. But if Taz is sleeping and I got to do a, you know, a number two, mm-hmm. I can't li- just leave Rudy downstairs in the living room. I got to take him with me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I bring him into the bathroom. Kid is infatuated with throwing stuff in the toilet. So I got to play. I got to play. I got to play uh, Hope Solo, goalie on the toilet bowl while I'm sitting in it because he's trying to throw like figurines down there and like rubber duckies. <laughs> And one time, one time I was right at the end of my uh, my business meeting, and um, I was had the bidet on, you know. And sure enough, Rudy comes from like left field, hunk just chucks a Jay Buner <laughs> towards the toilet, and I like pull back, and the bidet shoots out of the toilet. <laughs> Hits him in the face. <laughs> no, it didn't hit him. It just painted the wall in oh, front of me. Geez. Uh, thing's powerful. I was like very is. surprised. At least like fifteen foot range on that thing. Really? Yeah, that's a good product. Wow. Yeah, that thing's great. Tushy. 
Tushy. Maybe we can get a sponsor. I hope so, man. That would be so cool, man. That, that would be any- great. I would be able to outfit all the rest of the toilets I have in my house. Yeah. Although we could just like just buy them. They're like thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's not, here's an interest. Nah. Here's an interesting question for you, Alan. You, you, uh, me and Steve will decide whether it's interesting or well, not. Well, that's but. fine. It's it's a uh, it's it's layered here. So bear with me. But you have you're just talking about Rudy, your child, and. Uh, I think you are in a unique situation where now you're home all, all the time, which is very rare for you. Yeah. And so you get to spend more time with Rudy. You get to be like more of a father than you would have been otherwise. Not to say that you weren't before, but you just were absent because of your career. Um, a lot of, I think I've talked to a lot of my friends who are friends who have kids as well. And it seems like it's like, I think 10 years from now, the history books will write something significant about the new parents of this era of mm. like this pandemic Interesting. because of like the hardships that have like weighed on them as parents, you know, and I've, I've spent time with a lot of my friends with kids right now and man, it seems hard, but you and Taz make it look pretty, pretty simple. It's not. Well, um, Taz is incredible. Taz is incredible. And that is an interesting question. Although, uh, our generation of parents that are living through this pandemic grant you it's not easy because you're just spending a whole i mean the 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 world that is operating around you is just tense Mm -hmm. so that's like that's hard right but i mean can you imagine raising kids through world war ii like our generation hasn't seen hardship in comparison to like what the capacity of human pain and uh violence could be right like we we somehow think that at least i do when i think of the world around me i think that for some reason any film or any history book that would depict world war ii world war one um incredibly tumultuous times in our you know earth's history i think it can't happen again for some reason I'm just like, oh, we're safe. Mm-hmm. We have, we have, we got Zuckerberg now. You mm-hmm. know, everything's going to be great. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and right. I, th- it's not true. Right. It's not There's right. like, we just, we have the ability now just as much as, you know, a hundred years ago for the f- thin veneer of humanity and society and order to completely fade away and shit to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there's a, I'm definitely as a father learning so much during this whole thing. And I'm seeing, you know, I'm growing within my ability to be patient, um, to be kind, to be understanding. Uh, I'm, I'm learning to be a father, but I think you have to, you know, I was, I was raised in a, in a household where, you know, my parents, bless their hearts, they were incredible, but it was a it was an authoritarian uh relationship where you know if my folks said do something you do something mm-hmm. and my personality that's like you want me to do something you tell me to do it i'm going to want to do the the complete opposite that's just sure. like what my personality is and rudy is that exact same way yeah like he is extremely determined if you don't want him standing on the the dining table. What's the one thing he's gonna do for the rest of the three hours that yeah. he's awake? He's gonna he's gonna do his best to stand and stomp on the dining table. So learning how to readjust and and almost not not distract, but um, find a new way to get the result that I want without. I mean, in reality, the only reason why I would play the authoritarian position in that role is my own ego like you you know i paid for that table or like i'm the dad mm-hmm. i'm the dad listen to me but in reality i just don't want the kid to fall off the table and and break his noggin so however i manage to do it without bribing or um or yelling or uh, or being authoritarian in that position uh that's a new learning curve for me that i'm still trying to figure out taz is a little bit better at it than i am but yeah um I'm I'm doing my best to learn that situation. Yeah, I saw her uh, d- do this like reverse psychology thing with him, where 
he likes keys a lot. Yeah. And he likes computers and likes the buttons and stuff. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it was something that he was trying to grab at that uh, he wasn't supposed to have or something. So she went and grabbed another object and then like had it and was like playing with it a bunch and acting as if like it was something that she really wanted even though it wasn't so that she could kind of trick him into believing that it was something special to her because then he would want it uh, as a result of that and then and then he grabbed it and she was like no 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 give it back to me give it back to me i want it and then she took it and was hanging on to it for a little while like acting and then he like oh i want it i want it i want it finally got it back to him and that was like oh that was what you did that was the that was the the strategy. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. like there's a there's a parenting style, or at least it's I don't know if there's a, a study of it. It's like a version. Or Taz is reading this Montessori uh, book. That Montessori is like a school schooling program, or a child learning psychology. I'm not positive exactly what you would you would call it, but it's. Um, you know, there's a whole set of schools throughout the country called the Montessori schools. Mm. I think they're geared a little bit more towards um, art and uh, it's just a, a little bit of the curriculum is a little bit different than like the traditional public school. And I think one of the early learning tips that the Montessori schools give is is aversion, where you... Um, just like that. It's not necessarily a trick. It's like he's, there's a power struggle happening there. Mm-hmm. And if you give the power to him, he's stoked about it. Like we, he's, um, my sister did this the other day. She's been staying with us the last couple of days and he's up on the table, right? We want him to get off the table. Mm-hmm. But if we tell him like, okay, get off the table, he's not going to get off the table, right? Because right? it, it's almost like a power struggle in reality. And I don't know if he's naturally or intentionally doing that, but that's what it appears to be. And so Kaylee says, um, shout out to my sister, Kaylee. Shout out. Shout, shout. Uh, She says, hey, Rudy, do you want to get off on this chair or do you want to get down on this chair? And she gave him the power in that moment to choose which chair he got down on. The the averting um, idea was the decision of the two chairs, not get off the table. Well, it was like you want to try right. to get down off this table, yeah. or you know, off this chair, or off this chair over here. Yeah, and then he was right away got off the table. Like he chose one and got off. Yeah, it's like oh, it's so brilliant. Well, it's true to you know who how we kind of operate as people too. When we turn into adults, we that's kind of we need to feel empowered to do something. You know, we don't just want to be told right. every day what to do. So those are teaching good values, man. And I think that's that's awesome. It's cool to see both of you guys doing that. Um, especially in a time where I've spent time with friends who have had kids that have just been like, man, this seems like if, if, if I was ever thinking about having kids, I'm no longer thinking about that. <laughs> just, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> Are either of you guys considering having children after the amount of time you've spent with mine? I mean, I, Steve, you can take that one, man, and, and, and answer that, but, but no. Do you want to have kids ever, Steve? I think I'd like to. Yeah. yeah. You'd be a great dad. Thanks, man. I don't know if it's on the table right now. You know, it's it's uh, <laughs> definitely a conversation. But uh, uh, I'm definitely. I think I'd like to be a dad because I had such a great childhood with my dad. Yeah. And I'd like to emulate that in the world and pass that along. Yeah, your pops is a legend. Yeah. Gigantic feet. Gigantic feet. And what's your all, What's your dad's name again, Steve? Phil. Phil. Yeah. Shout out to Shout out to Phil, man. Yeah. Phil Liddy. Legend. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. I've I've met that guy a couple times. He's He's great. Uh, Quality folk. How about, oh, how about you, Jill? Oh, sorry, Steve. Oh, it's all good. I was going to say for everyone listening, uh, Montessori is a method of education that is based on self-directed activity, hands-on learning, and collaborative play. Oh, that's great. Yeah, collaborative play is a good one. Cool. That, yeah, that, thanks for fact-checking that. That's a lot of fun. Thank you, Steve. Yep. Jules, how about you? Where are you sitting currently on ever being a father? I wasn't really thinking about doing it before I started spending time with my friend's kids. Um, I wasn't completely opposed to it but I wasn't really about it I've uh I don't know I mean I think I would be a pretty good father um but I'm also really concerned with the my like extremist mentality in that I feel like I would be 
I would be really hard on myself about not being 100% committed to a child. And then be, because if I had anything else going on in my life, which mm. I do as an actor, as a whatever it is that I'm trying to work on in my life. Uh, as a lady killer? As a lady. Yeah, dude, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I... If, if if I had to remove my commitment from something else to put 100% of my commitment into this child, it would make me really anxious and crazy about what I was doing in my other life. Uh, and in, so unless I could put that 100% on that child, I wouldn't want to. Uh, and, and, and I just don't ever see... I mean, there's, you know, I've talked to parents as well. It's like, you can find balance in doing both things. You have found that balance with yourself. I just, I'm just so scared of... I think I would just beat myself up for being a bad father if I was if I was gone for a period of time or if I didn't know how to really kind of like navigate, you know, how to be there all the time and being like the best father I could possibly be. And I don't know, I, I it just scares me. And, and maybe I'm just too immature to have a father at this point in my life. Um, I definitely I'm 34 years old and I don't want to have I don't want to be an old, old father. You know, like I can't really see myself having kids past 40 but anything's possible um my values might change if i meet somebody who i'm super stoked on having a kid with but that's your I, I mean you're you need to find an incredible woman yeah that's that's the in my personal opinion that is the only reason why I'm able to be a father is because Taz is a beast of a mother. For sure. Um, but <clears throat> before I had Rudy, I was a, a t incredibly... When we first met, I was absolutely... Never... Ki no kids ever. Oh, yeah. You talked about it up until like four years ago. Yeah. Even until Taz earlier. was like, I'm going away <laughs> if you don't want to have kids. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, I guess I got to warm up to the idea of, of being a dad. And I'm so glad I did. It's, it's amazing. The, the efficacy of having kids and the, the tools and the lessons that it gives you and it teaches you are irreplaceable. Totally. It's, it's irreplaceable because you don't... Um, yeah, I don't... When I look at my craft and music, I was extremely afraid of the same thing. If I have a kid... I'm not going to be able to focus on my art. I'm not going to be able to focus on my image and my Instagram followers. And, all. and when I had a kid, thank God, because all the bullshit in my life, which typically is centered around my art and my ego and my image and all these things that don't actually matter in the grand scheme of your life, uh, they went away. Why? Because I don't have time for them anymore. I don't have time to to worry about like what other people are thinking about me yeah. because in this stage of my life, the only thing that is important to me or the greatest thing that is important, there's a, you know, I want to put out good art. I want to have some integrity in the music that I put out, but the most important thing to me is providing for my family is providing for my wife and my kid and setting them up for a life that, uh, um, that is prosperous, that, you know, can allow them to relax a little bit. And, yeah. uh, and if it wasn't for having kids, I don't know if I would have done that. I, I would have probably been working just as hard yeah. as I was, uh, uh, for the first five years of my relationship with Taz. I've yeah. told you guys a hundred times, like this is the most time me and Taz have ever, have ever spent in the same house together. I think up to this point, it was like three weeks yeah. was the longest stretch, which is absurd. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of fun if you, you know, you, you're with your partner, you kind of get adjusted to being in the same house. Um, you're really excited about seeing them and then they leave and you have time to miss them. Yeah. Which is cool, but it's really odd to build a lifelong partnership off of right. like, right. you know, right. that sort of scenario. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, having having Rudy really kind of just shaped me up, I think, and at least um, put a lot of things in perspective that maybe don't matter as much as I thought they did. Yeah, you were you were forced to work on your work life balance. Yep. Yeah. And finding the healthy routine and lifestyle within that with your partnership with Taz and your kid. Yeah. 
totally. And I, I believe you and all of my friends and family members who have had kids that say something similar to that. Um, I believe that when people are like, dude, you don't know this kind of love until you do this kind of thing. You don't know like this work-life balance until you do this thing. I believe that. But I'm not going to have a – and I believe that, like, I could probably um, uh, gain a lot of value in my life from having a child. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to have a child Just for that. in the efforts to yeah, make totally, my life better totally. either. Totally. Yeah, um, no, you should never have a child for that. You should yeah. have a child because you're uh, madly in love with somebody and you want to um, – you want to have a child with them and start yeah. a family with them. I mean, that's seemingly right. what it is. I, it's in, it's an interesting. Um, you say everybody that I've talked to, and and I care about and I trust has told me that having kids is amazing. But like, who would tell you otherwise? Exactly, you have yeah. to say that. <laughs> You're stuck. Like, who's the, who's the asshole? Well, there's always somebody that's there's just like, dude, be. wink, wink. Like, yeah, dude, yeah, don't. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. yeah. They're just dude. like walking away from their wife and like, bro, don't. Oh, my God. The, the, night that I, the night that I found out that Taz was pregnant, I was at a yoga convention. We, we were playing at this like, um, it was like a yoga festival, but there was also music as well. And... Um, uh, I had somehow found my way into this circle of of dudes, and um, literally three hours prior to this, Taz had Facetimed me with the with the test results. Right, like oh, peaked that was, it up. That was when, how you found out. Like then. Yeah, I was out, I was in it was Tahoe or somewhere. I'm not yeah. sure where it was. And this guy, <laughs> this guy goes, I don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, no, no, absolutely not. Do not have kids. It changes you physiologically. Like he goes down this whole path of of the, neg the negative effects of having kids, right? And his friend that was right there with him was like, it's the best decision I ever made, yeah. man. I love my kids. But this one guy was awesome, so bold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just to be like, no, no, it's stupid. It's yeah. a terrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. Well, never do it. Well, I don't think you get that hindsight, even if you do at all, ever. Hopefully you never do get that you know, out of the relationship you have with your kids if you if you wind up having them. But I'm sure, you know, 25 years down the road after your kids are out of the house, you can be like, that sucked. <laughs> or, that, or, or that was great. I mean, what? I'm sure there's a lot of people. Dude, my parents... I your mean, parents I love uh, you. For dude. sure. They love me, man. But we were the worst. We were the worst. And I can't even imagine three boys growing up in a house with my mom and, like, being that to her and being so destructive and so like we were just hell raisers everything we did was so wrong what do you reckon the stupid. worst thing you ever did to your mom was we we just didn't give a shit to no we i want i want to know specifics i want to know the thing that you did me specifically or you like, specifically dude well i was it wasn't me that was I, well i don't know it's subjective because i I think I think I was my mom's fave because I'm the, I'm the baby and I was always like you know I cuddled with my mom until I was like 10 years old dude like That's me hot. and my mom were super t <laughs> <It's> hot <laughs> me and my mom were tight and are tight still um so I always had this like need to uh you know kind of please my mom and make my mom feel happy and satisfied so I was always very conscious as a kid of like not hurting her feelings or not making her sad or or tormenting her like the way that I knew she was being by nature of all of us being mm. maniacs. Um, but I participated in all the shit that my brothers put me in, into, which was like throwing us out of a two-story window in the middle of the night by like waking me up and splashing water on my face and then just ejecting me from the two-story window onto the trampoline and like not even knowing where the actual trampoline was, I would like hit the bar and just like crack my back from like, you know, 20 feet up and I'm eight years old and then they'd come down like they jumped down after me and just like start pummeling my face <laughs> and you know it was just like it's it's like it's like 
we're having fun. This is what fun is, Julian. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just so like, badly wanted to be accepted. I just wanted by your to be buddies. so accepted, and like, you know, totally, man. I just wanted, I wanted to participate in everything they were participating in. You know, like my Tony and I have this really funny video of of Tony's probably like, you know, six or seven, and I'm you know, three or four or something. And Tony's coming out and Tony's this big showman and like superstar and he's playing Superman. And then he's like, everybody, I want to introduce myself to you. I am Superman. And my dad's sitting behind the camera just like, this is so funny. I can't believe it. And, uh, and Tony's just sitting there like showboating himself. And he's like, I'm Superman, Superman. And he goes, okay, now it's time for Lois Lane to come out. And out comes me in this wig <laughs> that's like a grandma wig. And I'm just like sad because I'm like, I so badly wanted to be Superman. And Tony always made me be that accessory to him, yeah. which was the Lois Lane character. And I think it's very like, um, metaphoric or analogous to our my life and like how I was growing up with them because I wanted so bad to participate and I and I in the video I throw my wig off and I'm like I don't want to be Lois Lane and Tony's like Julian you ruined the whole entire movie you ruined everything and just got so mad at me and like shoved me over and and then you know that was just always what it was it was like you 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 have to you have to play by the rules that we create for you because you're the littlest brother. and But you also have to have fun because what we're doing is having fun here, mm. Julian. So take the beating. Take the lowest lane part because you're not ever going to get anything more than that and enjoy it because we're enjoying this. This is what we're doing. Like WWF matches on the trampoline would be like, all right, Julian, this is the part where I beat the shit out of so you did, and you have to like it. Were Tony and Gabe ever the heel or were you always the heel and they were the Batman and Robin? And we, I don't know if we should be using people's <laughs> real names. Tony and Gabe, whatever, dude. Oh, okay. They're, they're pumped. Yeah. <laughs> they're pumped. Shout um, out to both of them. I love them both very much. This is starting to turn into a thing where I think Julian should lay down on the couch. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, oh, like, man, when he was, was saying was... that, this podcast, this this we just started another podcast from How Good's This to This is Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome, man. Like it, You, you know, you, you asked what my like what was the worst thing I did to my mom. Yeah, I, all to, like, I wanted you to do to be like, right, dude, I one time I took, I put saran wrap over the toilet, she shit on herself. <laughs> But no, no I mean, you went down. This. I don't know. I don't know what the worst thing I ever did to my mom was, man. Like I'm just trying to like. Just give me a story. Explain. Give me one thing. I mean, do, fine. I'll go. One time. <laughs> one time, I built this treehouse right in my front yard. Yeah. Terrible treehouse. And my mom hung her clothes out to dry a good. 30 yards from this treehouse and she came out she didn't know i was in the tree fort and i had my slingshot and i was like you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna lay one down right next to her you know scare her a little bit right had had a few pebbles up there in the fort rear back not attempting to hit my poor mother mm -hmm. at all sure 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 smack dab right in the forehead oh man put her down dude oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah i never got to play slingshot again i was just a terrible shot yeah you know right. yeah awful well you didn't intend to do it no but when it dude when it <laughs> when it hit her you should have heard my i already i instantly started crying because i knew that my my behind was about to get Spreckled with, <laughs> spreckled with spoon dust. <laughs> spreckled with spoon dust, dude. I had a couple spankings in my day too, well deserved, I'm sure. But yeah, you you didn't intend to do that. So like, when you asked me what was the worst thing I did to my mom, I was thinking about like something that I did maliciously to my mom, and that's a hard thing to think yeah. of because you know, yeah. me like yeah, it's. Okay, what's a what's a terrible thing that you did accidentally to your mom, dude? I don't, oh, I don't, I couldn't tell you. I mean, t I remember there's one story of Tony and I. Uh, Tony had a like this really serious girlfriend when he was like 14 years old, and we had a go kart growing up, and so we took that go kart through Mill Creek, the little town that we grew up in, mm. and it was. Uh, we were driving it at like four o'clock in the morning down like the main roads, and <laughs> before we knew it, we were being like 
uh, sandwiched in by two police cars because it's illegal to be driving a go-kart on the streets of Mill Creek at mm-hmm. 4 o'clock in the morning when you're 14 and 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was on the back of the car riding with Tony Dover to his girlfriend's house. Uh, and so the cops pulled us over and they were like, you kids know this is this is a violation of, of the law here. And we were just like, oh, my God, dude, we, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. We'll, we'll pull around and t- turn the go-kart back and go home. Like, now we're going to need to call your family about this. We're like, oh, no, dude, my mom already thinks we're such idiots. Please don't call her and tell on us. So sure enough, they called her. My mom came, and she was just like, nope. Give them tickets. Take them in. I don't care. Take them in. I don't want any. I'm not taking them home tonight. Like, you are going to punish them at the full length of the law. Please, like, take them and do whatever you need to do with them. They need to learn their lesson. Did you go to jail? (laughs) No, we didn't go to jail. But I don't even think that. I I think they were like, ma'am. It's a go kart. You have to like, take yeah, it. Yeah, like we're not going to do anything with straight these kids. Yeah. yeah, straight to Rikers. Um, yeah, I think also just like a lot of choices I made in my life really made my mom sad growing up because I was just like such a lost person. So you know, like she just wanted me to do well, and I was just like not. And I just kept back after one after another, just making bad decisions and like finding myself in these like really bad headspaces of myself just mm. because of certain things and she was just like like be better than this julian so i think that was something that you know it's interesting to um to know somebody like at the tail end of because i didn't know you as a child mm-hmm. I, I knew you when you were 18 yeah and i think you were probably you weren't completely coming out of a reckless a recklessness but if we would have known each other when, when we were both nine, yeah. I would have stayed the hell away from you. Yeah, definitely, it's interesting, man. Like my uh, my my best friend growing up, who lived in my cul-de-sac, uh, his family came over for Christmas this year, and we had like a party at my dad's house, and his whole family was there. His two his two brothers and his mom and dad, and I hadn't seen these. Guys. I've seen him several times. And I haven't seen his I haven't seen his family though for fifteen, twenty years. Mm. And so I was talking to them and I realized that, man, you know, I used to call I used to call him all the time, my friend, and uh and ask, Hey, hey, can Kevin come out and play? And he or I'd ask Kevin, Can you co- can you come over and hang out with me? I live two houses away from him. And his he'd be like, Hold on, let me go ask my mom. And I always thought that was weird. He said, like, just come over and hang out with me. So he'd leave for five minutes on the telephone call. Then he'd come back and be like, my mom says I can't come over and play. And I'd always be like, why not, dude? We're so close to each other. Just come over and hang out. Let's have, like, we can have a sleepover. We can play. We can do something. And 75% of the time, it was a no. And I always just remember being like, dude, your parents suck. But what I realized 30 years later when I talked to them, I was like, you were just protecting your son because you didn't want him to come over to my house because if anybody came over to my house, they were either going to get their asses kicked by my brothers or they were just going to get into some trouble with me because I was just trying to get away from getting my ass kicked and trying to go and substitute that feeling for something else that I was going to go and do. And it was always just trouble. And so, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely, you definitely would have stayed away from me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the, and, or your parents wouldn't have let you even hang. I definitely had some situations like that where my folks wouldn't allow me to go certain places, and I had no idea why. Mm-hmm. It's like, wh- why not? You let me go over to, you know, my s- Seventh Day Adventist friend's house every time I ask. Yeah. But I can't go over to the Fun House that's got Prime Star mm-hmm. and Skinamax. Yeah, nobody, nobody was allowed over in my house. <laughs> That's yeah, well, we go karts at four in the morning, man. I... Yeah, and trampolines with just like you know throwing people out the window. Everybody knew about it. They were like, "Oh, those Gavilanis boys are up to no good." And plus, we were like, Tony was in bands, and there was always music, and we were having parties, and cops were like patrolling our cul-de-sac. <laughs> we were bad kids. But do you think that informs your desire to have kids eventually? Like, do you, how bad you and your brothers were to your parents, do you think that informs your position on whether or not you want to procreate? Probably. Yeah, probably. 
Because kind of like Steve earlier, he's like, I, I think I want to have kids because my childhood was so awesome and my relationship with my dad was so amazing. Same here. Yeah. Like I when when I was presented with the crossroads of do I want to have kids or not with my now wife, uh, I thought about all my favorite people. All mm-hmm. my favorite people in the world, all the people I look up to most are fathers. Yeah. And... To me, going through that process too, like, dude, having a kid is like the one, now granted, everything we do is kind of a miracle, right? Like mm-hmm. your eyeballs and how they focus on light and distance and um, 3D images, like that, if you break it down to the physics and the science of what is happening in your mind and in your brain, that's a miracle, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But the most tangible miracle I've ever been I've ever been a part of is, is uh, I was just gonna think of a re- I was just gonna go down a really crude rabbit hole, but Before I'm gonna it. I'm gonna hold my tongue. Um, the the most tangible miracle I've ever experienced first person was uh, my child's birth. Right. Insane. Yeah. Insane what the body is capable of. Yeah. Bonkers, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. I'm I, I, I don't want to make it seem like my like my childhood was so hard. It wasn't. We I had I grew up in a in a great family with like great values and we had a blast. It was it was just my experience. I didn't think it was awful when I was when I was having it. And it wasn't. Even in retrospect, it was just like that's what it was. And we and and I and I can reflect back on that now and recognize that. So uh, you know, my whole family has come like full circle and we are all like really close mm. now more than ever. And it's it's so cool. Like my parents are friends with each other after like 20 years of being divorced and like never seeing each other, speaking to each other, like having any like just always distance. Um, so it's really cool. But I'm I I'm sure that that informs my um, desires to have children. I, I don't know, but I, I don't know. I'm maybe I'm just scared. In general, would what would you, uh, what would it feel like with all of the emotions that were tossed around during that period of a life where your folks split? What would it feel like if in their seventies your parents got back together? <laughs> it's it seems so impossible. Would you just be like, seeing... what the? What was the fucking point? Yeah, no, I would honestly, I, honestly, like, just the first thought in my head would be like. Cool. It's never gonna happen because you yeah. hang out with my parents and you're like, "What in the hell?" Well, yeah, did you guys I, ever do for 25 years in a marriage together? It's very weird to it's even bonkers that they were married for 25 years. That because mm-hmm. how old were they when they got married? In their 22. 22. Wow, dude, mm-hmm. married them young back in the day. Yeah. When so did your young. folks get married, Steve? I think 27 and 25. Yeah, that seems like a more reasonable age. Yeah. What was I? 31. Dude, my my, I have a a good amount of my family got married super early, uh-huh. early twenties. Yeah, and um, I wasn't ready. You weren't ready to be born. No, I wasn't ready at that age. <laughs> I mean, I had a I, like I had a serious relationship mm-hmm. in that period of my life. Oh, you? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, super serious, probably like twenty, twenty one. You know, like coming out of high school. If I would have got married to another person during that point in my life, God bless their soul, their life would have been miserable. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I don't even feel old enough, mature enough, wise enough, kind enough. All the greatest adjectives that I can't think of right now because I've got a little bit too much caffeine rolling through my dome. <laughs> um, <clears throat> of all the things that I am not, I felt like I got married early when right, I did. Like right. 31, I was like, yeah. this is way too early. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Have you had that conversation with your parents regarding that? Like uh, that I'm too young? No, I mean, uh, so, you know, like when my dad was asking, obviously I've been in a relationship for a really long time with my partner, and my, you know, parents were asking, uh, are we planning on having kids? And, you know, then he kind of just broke it down to being like, look, don't worry about it, and we had no clue 
what we were doing when we had you and your sister. Mm. We were just, and, and, and when you're younger, you think of 20s and 30s as is older as like responsible doing all this right. stuff. And now that we're there, I'm just like, dude, I'm, I'm still 16 in so many ways. Right. Um, and then that's just kind of what his reflection was. He's like, have them or don't, you're going to figure it out as you go. You're a good person. It probably will work out, but like no going into it that you don't know what you're doing when you go into it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're just winging it. I think back on all the, um, those little pivot points in my life where I'm like, I was really bitter for a long time at my folks, you know, like get this to me and you, I was kind of trying to like just cultivate. I think all my favorite people and all the like musicians and poets and writers and actors that I looked up to just had super effed up childhoods. Mm-hmm. So my childhood was so good that it was like one point in my life where I was you like wished you yeah I was trying to cultivate yeah, this yeah, like yeah, negative yeah, yeah, perspective yeah. about the way that. I was raised. Yeah, I felt that. I think any like suburban middle class kid is like, I wish it was harder for me so I could feel like I could really get motivated. It's like right, the yeah. stupidest thing stupidest to ever thing. Thing So ever. dumb. Yeah. You yeah. De- definitely priv- do not want that. Privileged um, people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, go kart and a fucking trampoline. Yeah. The struggle is real. Yeah. yeah, dude. You probably had a pogo stick on with a V6, <laughs> bro. Four on the floor. Uh, but what was my point? Um, you, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. All the little pivot points where I think about, like, no, this, I would never do this to my child. It's like, dude, I don't know what the, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, all I want to do is just make sure that Rudy doesn't kill himself. That's it. Like, yeah. doesn't, you know, pull a chandelier off the shelf and, or chandeliers aren't on the shelf, <laughs> you know, like a vase <laughs> off the shelf and like crack his noggin. Yeah. But man, to think about the intricacies of human development and cognitive uh, development, all these things that like we are, at least me personally, is I'm going to play a part in. That world, dude. I have no qualifications. I went to one semester of Bible college. You know what they taught me there? To not go to Bible college. To not put chandeliers on shelves. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's true. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's very weird, man. Steve, did you? What did did you have? uh, Like a really kind of nice childhood growing up back there in Santa Barb's as well. Did you feel these pressures that we're talking about, or? Or, or what was it like for you? Yeah, I think every child has a similar uh, experience with that. Um, but yeah, it was reflecting on my childhood. I think I had a great childhood. It was I was always provided for. It was happy and healthy, and I was just lucky and fortunate to have that. I had a great group of of supporting cast too. You know, it was like my house was kind of the hub, so there was always something going on. It was like my dad started a band in like 1991, and those are all like my aunts and uncles. They're always at the house. They had kids similar ages, so we always had like activities and fun things to do. And I was trying to think of things that I did terribly to my mother, and I, uh, the only one I could think of was I was like 14, 13, 14, skater, punk kid, trying to like impress my friends, and I was just like, woman, make me a pizza. Body slammed me in the kitchen. <laughs> Picked me up and body slammed <laughs> Good me in the kitchen. Good for her. Yeah, and it was like, uh, nev- <laughs> never never <did> again. again. <laughs> never again. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I think, I mean, you know, I'm sure there were moments, but I think I had a great childhood, and uh, I know it was, like, a lot of fun. And my parents never had anything other, you know, like, there's no money in the bank. It was always, like, how are we paying for activities? Get them involved in sports. Get them involved in acting classes. Get them involved in all this different stuff. Um, so I just think, again, like to the privilege point, I was very lucky to be shielded off from a lot of hardships. Mm-hmm. And my parents were just struggling to survive in uh, a town that's very expensive in the very blue collar area. You know, yeah. like that's where their focus went was just trying to like survive in this this place and provide in um, their hardships. They were really good at uh, putting a veil over the struggles that they had. Mm just to provide for the whole family. Yeah. So I'm uh, very grateful for that. But going back to the having the conversation as an adult with your parents, I think is such a mind-blowing experience mm. sure. to grow into realizing they were 
very similar human beings as to where we were in our mid twenties oh, and yeah. early thirties, you know, and, and, and that's a very visceral thing to, uh, go over in your own spirit and reflection of how you've lived your life and how you affect other people in totally. your universe. And, um, and I think I've been very lucky minus meeting you two jabronis <laughs> very fortunate Whoopsies. to surround myself with some decent decents <laughs> yeah uh yeah you it's interesting to think about your your parents life before you because you have no reference for that you don't really have a reference for who your parents are until you're like seven or eight really right so to know that they had these lives before you just similar to Lee, similarly to how rudy doesn't know who you are right now and who, who you've been for the last 10 years right. and the lifestyle you've created for yourself, nor will he really have any concept of that probably till he's 30, you know, till well, you're even, much older and to, to have those like adult, adult conversations with each other and to be like, wow, like, thank you for being my family and my parents and raising me. And because I think I speak for all three of us to be able to say that we're very, um, filled with gratitude and lucky for the existence that we get to live. Mm. And it's a direct result of, of our, of our youth and our, and our upbringing and how our parents raised us. And even if that was tumultuous and bad, it's at points and we were assholes. It's, that was the point. Yeah. It's interesting. Your relationship with your folks. Uh, do you guys ever, it's hard for me to, see my parent this is going to sound really weird it's hard for my for me to see my parents the same way as i see like a peer but in my adulthood of course my parents are my parents but in reality they they're just humans mm -hmm. right at the end of the day they they possess the same capacity towards fear and sadness and yeah, yeah. pain and confusion and remorse as yeah. i do yeah. but uh, both of my parents hold such a reverence in my mind right. that it's hard for me to... It isn't until as of recent where my parents have had a couple health scares mm -hmm. that I'm like, oh, you are not, like, invincible. You right. are right. a human being. You do feel fear and, and sadness, and yeah. you you are potentially just as unstable as I feel in my own life. Yeah. Um, that's been... An, crazy development for me have you guys gone through any of that or were you able to find that adjustment pretty soon in, in your adulthood i mean you're definitely raised to think your parents are infallible that's like yeah. what it is they're your they're your rock they're your core they're your moral compass they're your driving spirit and force and like so many things that you do on a support level and creative level and they curate your environment so much until you find a little independence and i think my parents were pretty they were raised very, like, very strict religious, like, Jesuit school kind of kids, and they didn't want that at all for, for me and my sister. Mm. So when they kind of realized cognitively I was able to digest what negative things life can give you, they were pretty good about having a dialogue with me about learning and growing into that situation. So I was lucky with that one, I think. Yeah. I think I saw some pretty, like... Uh, I think I saw a lot of humanity through circumstances of what my parents were going through from a pretty young age. And that, you know, pretty quickly humanized them for me and made me, or humanized people in general, you know, because yeah. I was like, yeah. what I thought I knew about my parents was something that was different. When they split up, it was like, I was completely unaware that that was going to be a situation. And so, you know, what you think you know changes and then and then you have, you know, for me, I had a lot of resentment or animosity or whatever that was in me for however many years it took me to grow out of that and yeah. recognize, oh, shit, like, yes, my parents are humans just like all of us are, yeah. just right. like, you know, we've all had, we all have the capacity to make mistakes and we, not only the capacity, but we, like, we're going to, yeah. it's inevitable and um, I think it's allowed me to appreciate them even more totally, because totally. of the way they've kind of rerouted their lives as a result of those circumstances and how we've kind of all come back together. And now my relationship with them, it's like I tell people I would be friends with every member of my immediate family if they weren't my immediate family. And that's pretty cool. Very cool. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
especially after how many times you spread eagled the trampoline bar out <laughs> sure. your secondary window. window. For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, well, I got to wrap this up, you guys, because I got to get home yeah. and be cool, a father. Man. But yeah. uh, shout out to all our wonderful folks. Yeah, shout out to our, the, the parents. Let's have our parents on. That'd be great. That'd be, cool. It'd be great to dig in deep. I want to. I want to talk to your mom about that mac and cheese and tomatoes. <laughs> oh, bro, <laughs> that's what she can make. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks yeah. for checking out the podcast. Have a wonderful week. We love ya. Sweet dudes. That was, that was fun. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boo boo! Did you just make it to the end of the video? Yes, you did. Do you want to see more videos just like this one, huh? Do you? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash live at the lodge where you can support the how goods of this podcast as well as the entire live at the lodge family. Yep, yeah, you're gonna get exclusive merch, personalized shout out videos. Me and Jules, we're gonna show up at your house and baptize your nephew, huh? Check it out, patreon.com slash live at the lodge. <laughs>